Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you wherever you are and welcome to the 4Play podcast for what will be episode two of our season number three. My name is David and I will be joined as usual by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers Alan, Darren and Mark. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme for each one and then we choose four songs or albums related to that theme. In today's show, we'll be selecting four of our perfect albums. In case you're wondering about hearing any of the songs or tracks that we talk about, unfortunately we can't include them in the podcast, but we will include them in a Spotify playlist, which I'll add a link for in the show notes. And we'll also give a link on our 4Play podcast Facebook group for you. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome chaps, here we are again, uh, episode number two of our new season three. How are we all doing? Daz? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, you? Yeah, doing all right, thank you. All yeah, this was an uh, in- interesting round that we're going to do of um, perfect albums. We'll talk about oh, what yeah. perfect means in a moment, but let's uh, let's carry on doing hellos. Yeah, um, I think we're all uh, very excited about this one, aren't we? It's, uh, yeah. We had to get our thinking caps on, but I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. We did, we did. Mr Jones, how are we over in uh, Luton land? Yeah, we're okay. We started off in the world in um, Somerset, quite near to the coast in the Red Air, the now known yeah. as the Red Alert for Stu, uh, uh, Storm Eunice. Yeah, Eunice. we're in trouble. Yeah. We're so, in trouble. I'm now travelled um, on the M5 and the M4 and the M1 and the M25. <laughs> uh, not exactly in that order. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so here I'm. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll talk. Yeah, it was a. Yeah. It was a challenge this one because there's. Um, yeah. It's almost as if you want to choose your favourite album, but it's not quite like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get yeah, into that in a moment. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you guys come up with. But uh, yeah. yeah, greetings from quite quiet Luton at the moment. Nice. <laughs> And uh, Mr. Hollywood over in uh, Edinburgh. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, gents. Um, yeah, it's quiet here. It's been like a spring-like day uh, compared to yesterday when we had Dudley, uh, Storm Dudley, and yeah, um, yeah all right. Uh, so we had him, and now you've got the pleasure of Eunice over the next two days, yeah. tailing up your jaxies. Um, it's yeah, just be careful out there. I, a red alert is usually the north coast of Scotland, but you guys are going to get it pretty bad tonight and tomorrow. Um, yeah. yep. We've got snow forecast tomorrow all day, so that's um, <laughs> the first snow of the winter, uh, and it's it's now the middle of February. Anyway, um, enough of this banter. Um, this, I'm really excited about this because, um, as I was saying to you just before we went on air, that um, I reached out to all my pals on WhatsApp and I didn't think I'd get anything back on this. I just said, perfect album, and we'll discuss the definition of that. Yeah. Uh, so many came back, uh, a lot of duplicates, triplicates. Good. And um, yeah. a, a particularly lovely text from my Aunt Irene, who's one of our avid listeners, um, which I, I, I would like to put in there. And uh, a good friend, Steve Borland, up in Newport and Fife, um, he, he gave me a lovely summary of his favorite album as well so they're deserved of a mention 
Um, so, yep, without further ado, let's crack on. Yeah, so I suppose a bit of housekeeping around this. Um, we're actually recording this episode sort of before the weekend where we just let our normal Facebook uh, group members know what the subject is so we haven't got the benefit of their input um, which uh, we'll, we'll see what they put on there afterwards see if that gels with anything that uh, that we've said um, I did make the mistake of asking Twitter what it thought and <laughs> I know I got I got well over 200 responses on there and it's going to be a long show. It's going to be a long show. We are so. I suppose let's be clear. We're we're picking for what we would consider personally perfect albums. So not necessarily your best. And I'd, I'd pick something like um, you know, there might be some Bowie albums that you really like, but there might be one or two tracks which don't quite fit in that sort of perfect genre. And it might be uh, a different Bowie Bowie album which might not be his top two or three, but where you think all of the 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 tracks are perfect so um yeah I've, I've got a few yeah i've got more than a few that uh, lots of great ideas um and in fact there was a few people who we picked up as new subscribers as a result of it which is which is good and one of the guys jorge um he's asking if we can do a prog uh podcast at some oh, point i noticed that but i did notice that and i thought well david's on his own well i <laughs> yeah i did well let's be fair he was actually to be fair to him, he was asking about the subgenres. So I think we can probably do prog between us and pick four albums, but doing Canterbury or Italian or Scandinavian prog might not be for everyone. Or Krautrock. I'm oh, more into my Kazakhstani prog. Yeah, I, I, I did notice on your Twitter account, David, uh, not that I'm massively into social media. This is me um, making my apologies to um, all those guys on Facebook that I eventually get back to about a month later. Um, but I did notice there was a an, an aviary of tweets when you went out and asked about the perfect album. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've never seen people come back so quickly to me. Everyone's got their favourite, and it's it's it was really hard actually. Yeah. To to put four in there and yeah. exclude others, because there are some I'm going to leave out tonight, and that you know they, they they should be squeezed in. They'll definitely get a mention. That's for sure. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Well, shall we crack on then and uh, start going around and picking our, or saying which our favourite ones are, not favourite, perfect albums are. Who'd like to lead us off tonight? Well, What's it, Mark? Oh, heck. Mark. Yeah, Mark. Oh, I haven't been first for a while. Okay. Um... You never come first. <laughs> uh, right. Moving on. Moving on swiftly. Uh, there was... This this album was actually um, given to me uh, on a tape in nineteen ninety early nineteen ninety two. It was released in late ninety one. Um, a guy called Rory McMahon. I've I've mentioned Rory before. He's now a geography teacher at the Abbey, my old school, um, in in Newry. He was a big fan of this band, as was I at the time, as am I, and as is Darren. This, for me, is the perfect album. It was pushed into a close second. Uh, sorry, the other album, The Joshua Tree, was pushed into a close second. Uh, this is Ak Tung Baby. I think every single song on it is just phenomenal. I remember hearing it the first time 
Rory came in. We were on a Saturday night shift behind the bar in Dominic Clark's and John Mitchell Place in Newry. And uh, he said, you got to have a listen to this. Handed me the tape. And in those days, you know, um, handing someone a tape or a CD is a big thing. We were only in our teens at the time. So uh, all kudos to, to Rory for trusting me with his, um, with his newly made purchase. And I listened to it and I thought, oh, you know, compared to the Joshua Tree, compared to Rattling Hum, I'm like, can I get my head into this at all? And after a second and a third listen, I thought, this is absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, where do you, where do you start with some of the songs? Uh, you, the, the first release, I think, came out uh, off from it was The Fly. And I just remember the, you know, the times of when video was massive, uh, the, the the video for that just kind of it was crazy, and the, the, I think they had mysterious ways even better than the real thing. One, I mean, one was epic. Oh, uh, so so this is for me, you two's just by a whisker, their best album, I would say. Um, I've had so many guys like Alan Stenhouse, uh, my mate Des, my guitarist, me as well from back home saying the Joshua Tree. My boss actually today, we were on a team call and uh, I just opened it out to the team because I thought, let's kind of, I don't know, lighten it up a bit. I said, I'm doing a podcast a podcast tonight. What's your favorite? And he came up with the Joshua Tree as well. But this one's going in, Actung Baby, released in November 91. Uh, and I think produced by Brian Eno. Have I any random um, song facts about it? Um, Actung Baby is is obviously from a line in the producers by Mel Brooks mm. when he was taking the piss out of the Nazis. Um, you'll probably have more on it than me about uh, Darren. You'll probably know more about uh, things on the on the album than I would. You know, yeah, little, but, yeah little I mean, we, we could go on forever, couldn't we? But I think the thing I remember about it is when it was released, it. The, the U2 fan, the classic U2 fan, it took a lot of time to grow on them, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those where they thought, wow, what is this? This isn't the Joshua Tree. This is yeah. like too electronic and too different and too out there. Mm. Um, but I tell you what, I think every U2 fan now, it's up there. I know me and you were scrapping for this one, I think, when we talked about our perfect albums and yeah. I was glad yeah. to let you have it, of course, but it, it would have been on my, it would have been in my top four. Totally. I remember, so I remember when The Fly came out, I, I remember exactly where I was. Uh, first time I heard it on the radio, I was a printer back in those days, or a die stamper. I won't go into that, but I was down the bottom <laughs> underneath a house in Queen Street in Exeter um, in our little print shop, and it came on the radio. Simon Mayo, I think, was the first to play it. And I had to turn off my machinery and I was just listening, thinking, wow, yeah. like, this is so different. And then Simon Mayo said, I'm going to play that again. And he played it twice in a row. Wow. So, so the, the, the opening track on the album is Zoo, Zoo Station. Yeah. And I remember going to see, for the first time, going to see U2 at Croke Park. And there was myself and there were three other friends. And we said, you know, we were so hyped up about it. He said, what's the first letter that's going to come out of Bono's name? Or, or Bono's, sorry, voice, uh, mouth, what am I yeah. talking about? And um, one of my mates said, Zed, you know, for Zoo Station. And I thought, well, he's not going to announce it like that. And somebody said, 
H for hello. And I was like, no, no, that's not Bono. I said, it's the first letter that's going to come out of his mouth is I. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. He kicked off with I'm ready. Uh, I think it was a fiver each, which was a lot of money back then. <laughs> I was, I was the, those were the beer sorted for the night. Uh, yeah. yeah. What more do you say? And then. Yeah. And just the, the live perform the live tour um after that was amazing you know with the turbans and mr mcfisto and calling up yeah. george bush yeah. senior ZTV tour, his, one, I think. his ego was just the size of the planet yeah yeah amazing but he, he, he did it well yeah and talking about his zoo station i've got to give a little bit of a story a shout out to my friends just before covid struck um myself my friend matt for his 50th and russ and jay we ended up, we went to Berlin for the weekend for just a bit of a getaway. And every time we ended up at Zoo Station, it was just, Zoo Station! We just had to sing it every time. <laughs> so about 30 times that weekend, we get, we sang Zoo Station, which I guess is where the song came from, because they did it in Berlin, didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Mr. Eno, who collaborated, yeah. obviously, with um, Boy. Um, and during the, those years, those fantastic years, I think they wrote three albums together. Yeah, including including Low. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, well, what a choice. Um, we we've kind of taken that one over, David. Have you got <laughs> you got anything to say on that one? Oh look, I, I think all of us would be applauding that as a as a perfect album. Uh, certainly for me, it's it's up there. I think I probably would go Joshua Tree out of the two. Uh, was to select yeah. either of those. Yeah, yeah. And I was just well, trying we to. All bought the, uh, yep. We all bought the. We um, the the re-released uh, album yeah. on red and blue yeah. vinyl, didn't we? Towards the end of last year, which suddenly yeah. came yep. out I think, at the end of October. But yeah, um, great album. Um, from, as you say, from start to finish, every track is great. Yeah. Uh, um, and um, uh, have a. If you, if you like, you know, like this album, then then as I, I, I said to you guys at the time, I re I recorded a radio recording of a yeah of a, them them sort of taking themselves taking the mick out of themselves uh, called Zoo Zoo Radio yeah and it broadcast between like Christmas and New Year a few years ago, but if you look hard on YouTube. And if you um, put in Zoo Radio, Zoo Radio, uh, it's great. And they, they kind of mix up some talking and stuff between listening to some of the tracks. So if you like uh, Acton Baby, then look out for that yeah. particular broadcast. And uh, yeah, just great. Yeah. Brilliant. Just chipping a couple of other things around the, that album. So yeah, produced by um, Eno and Daniel Lanois. So yeah. uh, in fact, one of the people who came back to me on Twitter said, basically any album which is produced by Daniel Lanois would be perfect in, in their eyes. Yeah. So good yeah. for them. Um, it was recorded in 1990 um, mm. in the Hansa Studios, which we talked about last last time or one of the previous yeah. Yeah, show, oh, one of the previous shows. Uh, which is uh, where Eno did record the Bowie trilogy songs. And of course, mm -hmm. 1990 was, of course, the year after the Berlin Wall came down. So it was very yeah. much a happening place when, when that was recorded. Oh, 
Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, great. The, the opening of it is, um, if you've listened to the album, I hope most of us have, I'm talking about the wider audience here, uh, they said the, the distorted introduction to the opening track was meant to make listeners think that the record was broken. <laughs> or or uh, not the new... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because it sounds like a rip across the record. Yeah. 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 If there's anybody out there that hasn't listened to it, I would love to hear it again for the first time ever. What a treat yeah. that would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll kick off our uh, playlist with it. Yeah. 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 Yes. So if you're ever going to choose a song, not not one of the chart hits, like, you know, the predictable ones, like one, but if it's on the playlist, put Zoo Station in. Yeah, absolutely. Or Ultraviolet. You, you're you not going to get the Alan version. World, I think. Until the End of the World's a brilliant song. Yeah. Like, There's so many. So it, many. It's yeah. a perfect album, so apparently all of it's them are good. It is, it is. Yeah. They're all good. <laughs> They're all good. Okay, guys, let's move on then. So, uh, Alan, as you kindly volunteered, Mark, so I think it's now your turn. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Um, um, what have I got? Um, yeah, I'm going back. I'm, this is 1979, uh, I think, and um, a band called Super Tramp. And if you haven't heard this uh, album, um, Breakfast in America, it's called. And uh, from the opening track right to the end, every song is perfect. Uh, Hodgson, superb writing and keyboards, and uh, just ding ding ding, just from the beginning of ding 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 was Three it, or four? Was six. It, was it six? I'm not well, sure. So, um, but I mean, obviously, the, the, one of the the, the most, uh, I suppose, famous ones was called was the logical song. And uh, but it was just at the time. It was I can remember being I can remember being down in like I think this was released in maybe the second. Uh, early on in of 1979, March. But I oh. can remember playing snooker. Yeah, I can remember not like a, what's the, uh, pool uh, in Tembe at the time, and um, listened to the logical song around about December 1979, and um, and then after that, I bought the album. Uh, so yeah, logical song was all the rage back then in December 79. But yeah, but after that, I think my um, my favourite track on this. I mean, it starts off with "Gone Holly, Gone Hollywood." It's the first track. Hey, yeah, that's me. Yeah, ding 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 ding. Just those get me going, and I and then and then I can play the whole of the album. Yes, he got "Gone Hollywood," the logical song, and then a superb. How do you call it? It was a single, Goodbye Stranger. Um, Goodbye Stranger, you be nice. Hope you find your paradise. Go no seeking. It's just, it goes on a little bit. 
but it, the, there's a great at the end a great a great great solo by by Roger Hodgson but there's yeah. some sir I mean Rick Davis has, has written some great tracks but I think and then David would probably disagree with me because I think his favorite album is not is by Supercrap, but it's not this album. Correct. And uh, I don't know if it's coming up or not, but Goodbye Strangers, great track. And then it just it just goes up. And then the title track, Breakfast in in America. You know, it's um, take a look at my girlfriend. Take a look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I got. Yep. <laughs> She's not much of a girlfriend. It covered that one. Never, never seem to get a lot. I mean, it, they're all great. Just follow into one. And then, oh, darling, just a little. Apparently, every song is perfect. Yeah, we're just getting the whole album. How about we let people buy it or listen to it? Yeah. I mean, you are a good B side, though, Alan. Yeah. I'll give but you that. Side two. Take the long way home. Bam, Jesus, bam, bam, he's got to do that. Yeah, he's loving it. And then, Lord, is it mine? Okay. And then, just a, uh, just a nervous, another, another nervous wreck. How does that one but, go? Yeah, don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. It's quite a, it's quite a, actually, it's quite a, um, it's quite a quiet track, that one. But, um, okay. Heart of Vision is great. But um, yeah, great. So if you haven't bought or heard of Supercram, um, go out and listen to that. Nice. Uh, if you're lucky, you might be able to pick one up in that colour vinyl. Nice. Um, that was orange. But yeah, great. Um, every track on there is a gem. Brilliant. Well, I've literally just pulled it off my shelf. And yeah. I don't think, in all honesty, I've ever listened to it. What? I know. So I, maybe I put it on once. I don't know. But I will definitely play it this weekend. So I've got it in my collection, but haven't played it. So I will. I promise. Wow. So you've got a mint, a mint copy then, Dan? Uh, no, I didn't have it brand new. I did pick it up secondhand, I think. Or it, maybe oh. in a collection, but it it looks like it. But it's pretty good condition, to be honest. Yeah. No, it's great. But honestly, yeah. you put it on... You don't put it off. Cool. I'll have a good listen. It's half term next week, so I'll get the super tramp on. Yeah. <laughs> so on on to you then, Dad. Is it? Right, okay. So I've gone for a, an a, when I was getting these together, it was really odd, but none of mine are kind of first stu- first or second studio LPs. They're all further on in artists' careers, which I found really weird. But this one's two thousand and two. And it's the tenth studio LP of this band, but arguably they're not so much their big breakthrough, but their most commercial piece of work, and launched them to kind of the heights that they have been and still are now. Um, it's an album called Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by the Flaming Wells. Oh, very good. Um, we talked about it before. Yeah. Um, not necessarily one of my. I mean, they're a great artists. Not one of not in my probably top ten of favourite artists though. But this album is just every track from start to finish. I've always considered it a concept album. Uh, Wayne Coyne doesn't. So the lead singer <laughs> doesn't. He says it's not a concept LP. The first three or four tracks kind of are. But then it moves on. It 
diversifies. As far as he's concerned, it's not. But you can read into it whatever you want, actually. And it does, to me, it is. And you're fully behind little Yoshimi as she battles the pink robots. Um, it, oh, no. It's that flight test. And that's the opening track. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's based on um, an artist born in 1968 called Yoshimi Yakata, obviously Japanese. And she's the longest consistent drummer in a Japanese rock band called Boredoms, which I didn't actually realize until I started doing a bit of research for this. Um, she was singing in the studio with them, and they just said, oh, it sounds like she's taking on some monsters. And he thought, oh, taking on monsters. No, let's make it robots and <laughs> decide to name an album after her. Um, but just to run very unconscious of time, it, it opens with Fight Test that Alan just sang. And then we've got um, one more robot. Yoshimi battles the pink robots in the morning of the magicians. And inside too, you've got tracks like Are You a Hypnotist? And All We Have Is Now is beautiful. Yeah. And if you've not heard the album, um, everyone will know Do You Realize? Um, it's yeah. beautiful. It's sad, it's poignant. Yeah. And it's all about Yoshimi's kind of battles with love and mortality and pacifism and her battle and her conquest, uh, conquests. Um, Do You Realize was the official rock song of Oklahoma for four years. They're massively adored over there, where the band come from, or certainly Wayne comes from. And he says, it's the best song they've ever written as well. He says, Do You Realize? And it's just, it is a perfect album. So if you haven't heard it, Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots. Beautiful. Oh. It was actually your good self, Darren, that um, led me to that album. Was it? Yeah, uh, the cover's fantastic as well. It's uh, brilliant artwork, yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of the strangest albums I've ever listened to. But yeah. You've, you've got to get absolutely into, un, unlike into it. Unlike yeah. Tongue Baby, where it takes two or three listens, you've just got yeah. to get totally immersed in this album. You know, just block the world out and be, I don't know, transferred into this parallel universe. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very clever, very clever album. Yeah, it's loud or headphones, and it? Just lose yourself in it. Yep, yep. Well, Mark, we, we can hope, Mark, is... Um, I did see them at Airwaves in uh, Reykjavik a few years ago, and you're uh -huh. you're now coming to Iceland. You know, fingers crossed they come yes. along again. That I'm rather excited by that. Rather excited by that. Uh, Which Iceland are, are you going to? Well, David will tell you, give her the details. All which I did store? was say... Uh, which store? Which what, sorry? No, which no. We're, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to the Shepton Mallet. <laughs> oh, <God>. Iceland. <laughs> oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. It's the Reykjavik. That's where they do all their shopping. David and I had this... You know, there was a throwaway comment made about Iceland and uh, a music festival, and I said, oh, I'd love to go to that. Jam. And uh, next thing, flights booked, accommodations booked, and we're heading over. You're even in a WhatsApp Me group. As in David and I. Hey? Are you even in a WhatsApp, the WhatsApp group? group? You've got a strange bunch of friends there in Iceland, eh? I, they're, yeah. they're, they're telling stories. They're telling stories that I don't know about, but I'm, sh I'm sure I'll hear the whole story when I meet them <laughs> about sure. caravans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All, all will Very become clearer. I'm looking forward to meeting Dave and Dee and, and, and the rest of the gang. Nice. Uh, it's a wonderful country. 
wonderful country and wonderful people as well. Bring this back to the Flaming Lips, uh, Darren. Great choice. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I, certainly, Flaming Lips is one of those that any of theirs. You know, they're fairly trippy. You, you've got to get into the groove to get the most of it. Uh, but yeah. once you're once you're in, that's it. You're in in Planet Coin, aren't you? You're you're in his world, <laughs> yeah. and you just Absolutely. just just live it. Um, and anyone who walks in the room when you're listening to it, they won't be won't, can't get into it in the same way as you can. No, no, it's a start to finish thing, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And one of the only albums Sorry, Alan. I must yeah. admit, I did. I, I bought the I bought the CD before I bought the vinyl. I think, um, I think um, and then before I think I bought Yoshimi on. There were three CDs released. 3D sync. There was a like a DVD single. Yeah. A 3D single with remix. Yes, there were three different singles. Wow. Yeah. But one of them I haven't opened yet, but yeah. Well, great, great album. One of the only albums I've got that was originally out on coloured vinyl only, I think. I don't think it came out on black vinyl. So all the original pressings are all on red. Red vinyl. Uh I don't know about that. I think there was a re-release. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there might be re-releases on black vinyl, but yeah, I think America yeah. might release the black vinyl, but they were all red yeah. vinyl originally. Yeah, certainly mine's red. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Over to you then, Mr. Turner. Yeah. Right. Oh, for, looking forward to this one. Yep. Um, for these, you'll know, you'll know two of them. I be aware of the third one and won't know the fourth one. I think. Um, this this one you'll all know. I think one of you's got this anyway. Um, when uh, when I grew up, or when I was growing up rather, you know, there was quite a lot of jazz around the house, and I I I grew to like quite a lot of it. But then after a while, I had that revolt revolt and decided I wasn't going to do jazz for a while uh, and didn't, except for one album that I just always kept and have always played. And I've got a few versions uh, of it since then. So for lovers of jazz, if you have an album which has on it uh, Cannonball Adderley, um, James Cobb, John Coltrane, Bill Evans, Winton Kelly, um, we're talking about none other than Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. Yes. Um, yeah. Five cool. tracks, five golden tracks. Uh, as I said, when, when I wasn't listening to other jazz, I was listening to this one. To be fair, some of the Miles Davis is a little bit harder to get into, was into the hard bop and you know, the, the the free jazz side of it, I, I, I don't, I can't quite get. But this one is just so wonderful. And um, put it on, and because I played it so often, it's just like you know, put on a pair of gloves. You just immerse yourself, you get into it, you enjoy it, and you're always looking forward to the next song because you you know when you've done so what you've got Freddie Freeloader coming afterwards. Or then you know you've got blue and green. You flip it over, um, you've got all blues, and then the great flamenco sketches. So I think as an exercise for the musicians, musically there's a lot going on in there, and that's why I do like the textures, the different stuff that happens uh, uh, through each of those longish songs. Um, when I started putting this together, I think this was the first one that went onto my list. Although when we talked about it, I hadn't realized it was going to be the first one on my list. So in the spirit of keeping this court relatively short, I'm going with our Miles Davis's Kind of Blue from 1959. 
and they sang every single song from the album plus a few others like Dakota and uh, my, my favourite on it is uh, maybe well I'd say Mr. Ryder because it's it's got a lot of grit in it um, and basically it's about journalists who liked them and then turned on them and uh, he, he wrote a song about them and Have a Nice Day is such a cheery track but it's all about the kind of the falseness of say going all over to the states and have a nice day have a nice day it's not really hitting the mark it's very false um and it's the falseness of a i guess um capitalism and commercialism my favorite track on it though is uh, track nine maybe um the reason being we've all been in uh, a bit a bit in the dumps now now and again and i think the lyrics to this greatly resonate with me um the opening lines i've been down and i'm wondering why these little black clouds keep walking around uh waste it wastes time and i'd rather be high i think i'll walk me outside and buy a rainbow smile that is just brilliant if you're feeling a bit pissed off stick that tune on um it's it's pulled me out of a slump because it just says to you do you know it's not all that bad it's not all that bad do, do something we change and it'll lift your soul Anyway, as I said, it went with a good pal. We had a wonderful, wonderful time at it. And yeah, what, what more can you say? Front to back, every single song is a gem. Wow. See, I'm quite, I mean, I'm quite surprised you got that one in there. That's just because I don't think, which is the beauty of doing this particular show, I don't think we've ever really mentioned the stereophonics before. Yeah, they went off the radar for me. Perfect album is or a perfect album is brilliant. Well, do you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, when we did the the, the whole top one hundred and what have you. Yeah. I was thinking, well, what what is the what is the perfect album? I, I could have chosen Queen, Led Zeppelin, who come down the same line all the time. Yeah. But there's always a duff song on a Queen album, mm. believe it or not, and there's always a duff song on a Led Zeppelin album, with the exception maybe of three and four. Uh, I could people throwing pelters at me here. Um. Then I think I was, I, I don't know, a reborn with the stereophonics when I went to that gig. I thought, yeah. that's a great track. That's a great one as well. That's a great one. And then I listened to the album again. I thought every single one of them, and maybe it's a bit nostalgic, but I couldn't, you can't flaw it. You can't flaw it. It reached number one in uh, in the UK, reached number one in Ireland. Uh, I think it was at number 180, number 88 or 188. It didn't even chart properly in the US. Wow! So they're they're quite they're quite niche, and I think they're very underrated. And I'm just glad that the UK has embraced them. Great Welsh band. Yeah, yeah, they well, just they, yeah yeah they've never really done it for me. I mean, Performance of Cocktails, I thought was a great album. Yep. Um, and then I kind of I don't know my interest in them dwindled a bit. I think there there are great songs on just enough education to perform, like you just said. And I probably should listen to it as an album. I yes. probably know the individual tracks, but I've probably never given it a chance. So maybe mm-hmm. I should. I will. Do, yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. No, Kelly Jones, he's a great, great, great writer. And he's got, um, yeah. He has got um, an unusual voice, actually. Um, but um, I think, sadly, they, they're, they're in the shadow of. Um, Another great Welsh band, and um, they've never quite 
for me, never quite reached um, the songwriting talent of uh, other great Welsh band. Mm. And um, but yeah, I do I do admire them, and uh, there's some great tracks on the album that you just described, Mark. Um, great, uh, but I did, and Dakota I love is one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah Dakota's Dakota is a high octane. Uh, I love driving fast to that song. Mm. It's just mm. it's, it's off a great album as well. But within the speed. and that other that other great band obviously is Caratonia. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, isn't it? <laughs> when we were driving along today, I saw a number plate, and it was Ker- It was almost Keris. <laughs> so it could have been Keris Matthews. Could have been. Oh, that chance, really? Yeah, I was up the backside. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, Matthews. But, uh, moving yeah. on then. No, but yeah, glad to. Glad to see a Welsh band. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's one for you, uh, Alan. But I yeah. tell you what, if you haven't seen them live, do absolutely do. Um, uh, George is, is he's just a great front man. He's yeah, got a great stage yeah. presence. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've got the original drummer now. Did they fell out with him? I think. Okay. I think he got into a bad way with. Um, with stuff and that, but uh, anyway, yeah, great band, and um, I think they 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 they're from quite near Swansea, I think. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, Excellent. talking about Welsh bands, yeah. Go on then. I think I'm next. You are, and this band is by no is not Welsh band. Um, <laughs> this this I don't know, really know how I first came up to know this band. Um, I think when I was living in uh, Bayswater around the time, I think they played just around the the corner from me. There was a downstairs bar and I can remember a poster with three stars on. And it said A, B, C, star, star, star. The hell's that? Anyway, I didn't. It was just around the corner for me. I didn't go, and, I, and to this day, or I regret it. However, I did manage to see this band live. Uh, 1982, uh, produced by Trevor Horn, who hadn't yet really, um, you know, developed, hadn't gone into ZCT uh, music, uh, songs, Frankie, uh, Frankie Oates, etc. He was. Uh, is he still knew uh, a lady I think called Anne Dudley who's involved in this album and together they produced with ABC Martin Fry an album called The Lexicon of Love mm-hmm. and every track on here is fantastic it's what I'll read the cover A to Z affectionately one to ten alphabetically from here to eternity without in-betweens so looking for a custom fit in an off the off the rack world sales talk from sales assistants when all i want to do is lower your resistance no rhythm no in symbols in tempo in drums 
Love on arrival, she comes when she comes. Why on the target, wide of the mark? Oh, you broke my heart. It's fantastic. The whole album. Well, there's a, there's at least four al uh, album tracks or uh, single tracks in the year, but it starts off with "Show Me." Then we've got the single "Poison Arrow," and if you can uh, track down the haunt, the jazz version of that, which goes on for about um, six or seven version uh, minutes, that's brilliant. Uh, then "Many Happy Returns," "Many Happy Returns," I could have learned. Yep, my cold. There's not enough. Was their first single, but be, uh, just a, a bit of trivia for you. Before they were known as uh, ABC, they were known as Vice Versa, and I remember but I did actually buy. That, Did you that just album. burp in the middle of a sentence? Yeah, that's part of the A to Z <laughs> and um, A to Z, and um, yeah, I bought that that single, Vice Versa. I forget what it's called now. That was Alan given the authenticity of four boys in a bar talking about music. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. round next? I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. the Here's and then you've got the Persist the Resistance, which hasn't been resist, which hasn't been released on any of the any of the single. It's called Valentine's Day. But I mean, it's great. And then the guitarist in this is called, I think it's called Mark, Mark White. Brilliant. Uh, and then you get into side two, The Look of Love, part one. Yeah, good song. Good, good yeah. track. Yeah. Date Stats, another great album track. Half of this podcast is you just singing. Never mind the buzzcocks. A great single here, All of My Heart. Yeah, I do like that one. Yes. And then Forever Together. together. And then finally, it's like the Look of Love, part four. It's like a little bit of, um, I think it's Anne Dudley and her uh, lovely celloists and violinists finished off the album, but from start to finish, fantastic album. When this came out, I was working in, it's got a postcode on here. I was a waitress at a cocktail bar. <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got, it's got, can you see it on, with people working in, uh, watching in black and white? It says NW3 on there. Yeah, OAD, yeah. NW3, I was working in Finchley Road at the time, which is NW3. Ah, nice. I'm And that was fantastic album, go out and buy it tomorrow, you won't be disappointed. Well, I don't need to now, you've sung it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and actually saw it, went to see them on the tour uh, in November of, of the, when this was uh, brought out, 82. And uh, I can remember, yeah, it was a great, 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 great gig down Hammersmith Odeon. 
So that's my second choice. ABC, the Lexington of Love. Brilliant. Another one I know pretty much all the tracks you've mentioned. I've not heard, okay. the, album in, not heard the album in its entirety, but another one that, yeah, I can totally respect that choice and I'll have a good listen to that one as well. Yeah. I need to buy that one now. I, I just remember them coming out, uh, ABC coming out and thinking, you know, they were a bit a bit flimsy. What? Um, but looking back on it, yeah, there's a bit more appreciation for them. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even considered that in my top twenty, but I will give it a go. I'll give it a go. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've always, I've always considered them a pop band, I suppose. Yeah, and not like, like, yeah, very light touch pop band. Yeah, but I think I think again that's a generational. I think that's just yeah. being that few few years younger, only a couple, yeah. maybe two, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just being slightly younger and growing up with maybe their later work. I don't know. Don't know. Like Darren, something. Mark, you, I think you just need to reconsider it, or, or maybe you just need to listen to yeah. you know, an, listen a, a band. When, when did that album come out? Was that 82? We the, just, the production levels on that are so you said it was Trevor Horn well, was on there. Trevor Horn. The the production levels on there would still be, you know, above average today. They're, they're actually yeah. outstanding. So yeah, you you cannot like them, but to call them flimsy is that doesn't cut it because they're far from it. But there will be lots of bands who were around at that time you could probably have laid that challenge to. Absolutely. I, I just think at the time, and it was, it was no offence, mate, it, it meant. No, no. Uh, and I don't guess take it, it. Is a, it is a generational thing. And I think when yeah. I when I was nine at the time, um, when ABC came on, or even Spandau Ballet or something like that, but Duran Duran, who, who I, I, I love back then, I was like, oh, it's for the girls, you know? Because they were handsome front men, very handsome guys, handsome guys and keyboards and what have you. And it, it all seemed quite whimsical in a way. But when you look deeper, and I will, I'll get the album, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll listen to it. Yeah. You, you appreciate a lot more. So uh, hats off to the old man. I'll, uh, I'll take his advice on that. And when you, when you retired. look at them, when you listen to them, you know, you'll see they're playing a part. And especially for, for the, the look of love, uh, they're like the Ford, well, like the Temptations. They're all glitz mm -hmm. and glamour, and it's that high-end quality is all around trying to reproduce or recapture uh, uh, an era that had been lost from the 60s. Yeah. Hip, hip, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, you can probably get your own back on me now, because this might be um, a generation gap choice as well. Um, so I've gone for a band, a very hard-working band, uh, they started in 1983, um, a very eccentric, enigmatic frontman. Um, they did work really, really hard and struggled to break through. So they started in 1983. This album was arguably their big breakthrough, but I would argue the year before was as well. But it wasn't until 1995, uh, so the height of Britpop. It was their fifth studio album. Um, the album... The year before in 1994 was called His and Hers, which is my favourite album of this band. But the year later came uh, Different Class by Pulp. Uh, it received massive critical and commercial success. 
It won them a 1996 Mercury Prize. Um, this album actually had it. This is um, a repressing, but it had removable covers and a slide aperture in the front, so you could put different covers in and things like that. But there's not a bad track on it. It starts the big hits of Disco 2000, Sorted for Ease and Wiz, Common People. But apart from that, you've got brilliant songs like Underwear and Something Changed and Miss Shapes and Pencil Skirt. And it's just for me, every time I listen to Different Class, oh. there is just not a bad track. It's amazing. Uh, although His and Hers, the year before, is my favourite pulp album. But it has got a couple of duffers, so I had to be quite... Yeah. I have to look at myself here and be quite critical. Uh, Good one. So, yeah, so I'm going to keep it nice and short, uh, <laughs> apart from a quick story for you. Um, but talking about them being a hard-working band, um, it was about 1992, something like 1993, so before they made it big, um, a friend of uh, Stolly, my mate of mine and myself, went to Cardiff University to watch Manic Street Preachers, uh, who I think we hinted at earlier without, without naming them. Um, yeah. So we had our tickets. We were just wandering around the university in the afternoon, and we saw on the notice board there was this um, poster for a band called Pulp, and they were playing the same night at a different venue in the uni. Um, this guy came up to us, or he was putting them up, actually. He was posting them up at the time. And we said, can we have one of those flyers? He said, oh, only if you come and watch, boys. And we went, oh, sorry, we're um, watching the Manic Street Preachers tonight. And he said, oh, all right. He said, come and watch us next time. Gave us a leaflet. It wasn't until we saw sort of a year, probably a year or two later when they became a bit bigger that that was um, Mr. Jarvis Cocker. Oh, man. He was putting up his own posters in Cardiff University. Oh, yeah. Trying to drum up business. So, yeah. Yeah. And probably that started me listening to them and big inspiration for me from the 90s. So there we go. Different Class by Polk. It's an album that defined an era, isn't it? You know, yeah. Um, the Brit pop, everything was great. 1997. I was reading something today. It was quite depressing, actually, about the state of the country right now and how, you know, when we hark back to 97, I was uh, on a placement in France and Labour had just been elected and the world was just shiny new with rainbows mm. and the likes of Pulp and the Spice Girls were. Top of the charts, but yeah, pulp. When I when I look at that album, I think of that time. I do think of that time. And uh, what what year was that? It came out again. Uh, ninety six. Did I say ninety five? Ninety five. Yeah. So it was it was well established. Come ninety seven. Yeah, it was about ninety six. So yeah, well established by then. Yeah. Yeah, great great years. Yeah. It's a common people's on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Common people. Disco two thousand. And uh, uh, oh, yeah. what do you call the last in the video? She's in the shop. He's in the shopping trolley. Oh, that's right. It was um, Sadie. Sadie, yeah. What's she called? Frost, is it not? Sadie Frost. Frost. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, she was. But yeah, yeah, you got his and hers had things like um, babies, and do you remember the first time and. Acrylic yeah. Afternoons. That was when I sort of first discovered them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that was a brilliant album. But yeah, but this one, just not a bad track. Yeah, Disco 2000. Yeah, yeah. That's, Which that's for it. me now, you've got Common People in Disco 2000. Now, I do find a bit overplayed. Mm -hmm. But 
I thought about that and I thought that shouldn't detract from it being oh. a perfect album. No, absolutely. <laughs> they're overplayed is because they're perfect songs. Yeah. Yep. You know? But it's Radio 2, you guarantee if you listen to Radio 2, it will be common people will just go 2000. But yeah. that's another story. But they are great songs. Right, so he's underrated his Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, underrated as a songsmith. Still, um, he's releasing brilliant stuff now. His new band is called Jarvis, and it's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic album last year. Yeah, he is underrated. Right. Yeah, our yeah. shout out to my mate uh, Neil Donald, uh, who is the spitting image of Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> brilliant, excellent, yeah. good looking. He, he doesn't like. He doesn't like me to say that. <laughs> You've got more Phil Jupiter's really. Yeah. 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 Probably. <laughs> cool. Um, we're up to David, aren't we? We are. Yeah. And I'm gonna. So tonight, I think, on previous pods when we've been giving albums for years or genres, I think it's been fairly tight. So we've been pitching in what we thought for that time but feels like tonight it's um regression to the mean that a lot of our where you can see our true colors and our generational differences as well are coming through yeah um so the next three are gonna be me i should be wearing a beard when i go through all of these so uh i'll be oh, stand, it's not easy top is it no not that sort of beard the the beardy prog world is oh, what we're man. talking about so I, I'll be standing in their corner so this one uh, this came out in 77 um, it was the first album I heard by this band again not many tracks I think it's only five tracks if I remember rightly um, the album is going for the one so there will be yes fans who are saying that's not their best album you need to go with close to the edge or fragile they'll, they'll be the ones they go to um, what they do have is the classic lineup for this this album so um, i did hear someone who's in the band these days but he's been in and out and the way just because there's been a lot of coming and going within the band yes and he said you've never really been in the band yes until you've left them once and come back again um, which which nearly all of them have so uh the the the, the classic lineup is John Anson on vocals, Steve Howe on guitar, uh, Chris Squire on bass. You have Rick Waitman on keyboards and Alan White, the drummer. This, for me, it was the first Yes album that I heard. It's just just fantastic. It's very big, very big sound, very orchestral. There's, um, there's organ, a church organ in here as well. Just wonderful. There's a couple of, well, they're all great tracks. So I think we've all kind of been through this. So that I think Wondrous Stories was maybe the one hit that they had. Uh, and, yeah. And well, they, going for the going, one. Going for the one. So, so they had two hits in their illustrious career, and they're both on this album, on the one album. Yeah. Um, absolutely fantastic album. I put this on, and it's been great, actually. Mark, you were saying earlier on that you fell asleep, I think you fell asleep last night listening to your perfect albums or trying to get through them. I've been playing yeah. mine this week and it's been great fun. Um, just, yeah. just just, reminding yourself and you think, is there a duffer? No, no duffer. They're all great. I absolutely love this album. Um, I, love, yeah, I, I enjoy seeing Yes, or I've seen Yes a few times. 
Um, but this one, if they were just to play this all the way through, then I'd be more than happy on there. Excellent. So, there we go. There we are. My first proggy album. Yeah, I think they're both on. Um, I think both though were released on singles. They were, on, yeah. On, on singles on blue vinyl, I think. Okay. I think they were back in the day, yeah. Yeah. I think I need to check see if mine are, yeah. are those or not. I can't remember. Yeah, definitely one of them was definitely going for the one was on blue vinyl. I haven't got it. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I was thinking uh, there's a connection there between them and ABC, but he he wasn't on that album. I mean, Trevor Horn has oh, been yeah. Good connection. later then, presumably. Yeah, it was a lot later. Um, that was when it it moved a little bit into uh, and various people left and they fell out with each other. So they had both Trevor Horn and uh, Jeff Downs from The Buggles. Who joined? Oh, and right. Jeff Downs is is part of the current lineup these days. I'm not sure if Trevor Horn's involved anymore. I'm not so sure that he is. I, I wouldn't expect yeah. our younger our younger and, contingent to know to know much of this stuff. Well, yeah. you know, weirdly, I just I literally I'll be honest. I just went out to get a drink. I came back in and I heard you say going for the one, and I thought, oh, he's chosen yes. Yeah, and it's actually I think probably through these podcasts that I've got to listen to a bit of yes I've got three or four of our albums now uh, which was the album you actually decided on here David so I missed it so I was mine mine was uh, going well, if you've seen it before going for the one you'd recognize it oh that is the one okay sorry yes I, I did buy that one and very yeah, unusual why David is holding up a copy of the blue and white uh, cup uh, cover yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue, blue and white yeah, no, cover. I do own that one, and it's yeah, a very good album. I can't don't know about you, Mark, but I've certainly listened to a bit of them in the last couple of years. Um, I'm a late comer to them. Yeah. That's a that's a negative Ghost Rider. No, yeah. I, I I haven't, and I'd like to. I, I'd really like to get more into prog rock. I I, I think I'm a bit impatient. I think uh, I need to relax a little bit more. Um, that's what my therapist said. She said you need to. She said <laughs> you need to. Uh, have you considered sure. meditation? And I said I just cannot sit and think of nothing for twenty minutes. Oh man, um, it's it's a bit like I, I don't know. I, I need I need a three and a half minute, five minute kick, and a different and then a different. So no, no, that that sounds so wrong, song. Mark. It is I mean, so wrong. It is. It is. I know because therapist. because I can listen. I can listen to Miles Davis, right? I can listen to a, a nine-minute masterpiece by Miles Davis or John Coltrane or whoever, uh, and I can also listen to a piece of classical music that's 10, 12 minutes. But when it comes to prog rock, and I, I'm ashamed to say it, I really do want to give it a chance. And uh, It's probably something that we can, as they say in work, take offline. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that saying. Absolutely hate it. Take it offline. It off uh, it's it's yeah, it's something that I would really like to explore more with you, David. Yeah, I'd like to explore Prague with you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Let's take, do take that. Take me to those, take well, me those, to those dark CD places. Let, let let me put it out there. Then we um, we will have a Prague episode, and maybe if you want to sort of join it, but maybe we will bring someone else along who's a Prague aficionado, because um, Alan can join in because he knows a few. <laughs> 
We can prog prog talk about him. Prog, I've got a prog. Depends what what prog is. Yeah, like for people who yeah. who don't know what prog is, it's progressive, isn't it? I, I take it progressive. Yeah, it started out yeah. being called progressive, and I think over the years it's just been sort of. Although some people will say there's a progressive and prog are two different really types. The seventies onwards, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the first time would have been in the Court of the Crimson King, which I think was sixty nine by King's Crimson. Um, so big lineage. So would, then. so would tubular That's bells be considered bizarre. prog? Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, I, I love tubular bells. Yeah, there you go. A fantastic yeah. album. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And I've listened to the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis. Um, okay. So some of their so I'm, I'm not quite the virgin, not quite the virgin. And why did they call it progressive? Because uh, I guess it was because of the progressive chords that were used, but it it, it, um, it just became a catch-all for something which wasn't the three-minute or two and a half-minute single. It's something right, which would have been long and long extended tracks, um, normally several chord or, or different chords, or different different uh, changes uh, throughout the songs. Different melodies, aren't there? As yeah, well, melodies. Yeah. You're not often there'd be a concept behind it, um, and and normally people would be consuming some nefarious drug as well in back in the days to to get the most out of it. You do have that look about you, David. Yeah, exactly. For anyone who can't see me, they're, they're missing out on my ponytail, my beard, yeah. <laughs> and my caftan. And I was very stoned look tonight. <laughs> nice. It's not too late, Mark. David got Stop. me into listening to some of this stuff, and yeah, why not? Give it a yeah, go. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go on a Sunday afternoon. And, and to, no bother. And just to close on it, it's such it's so it's a broad broad category. That if you were to go on to one of the websites, Prog Archives, um, which has all of the subgenres, there's there's like fifty or sixty subgenres, so you can actually find out really the kind that you really get you really get your rocks off to, which ones that really do it for you because there'll be some you might not like kraut rock or Italian prog, but you might like the Canterbury scene or you know and any of the others. There's lots. The Canterbury scene. Yeah, so Caravan, um, National Health. Yeah, uh, Caravan. I, I'm I'm a Caravan lover. Golf Golf Girl of the. Um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing the, them. I'm seeing them next month. Yeah. Of yeah, the of the grey and the pink is or the what's the name of that? Album? The grey and the pink. Yeah, yeah. I'm the land them. of grey and pink. Yeah, I'm seeing them next yeah. month. I'm a frog frog aficionado, really. Yeah, I don't really know it. <laughs> Okay, guys, let, let's crack on. We're um, managed to stretch this one out tonight. We're kind of falling behind our our yeah. uh, goal. Well, but we need to quicken up the. the we need to pick it up. So, speed up, okay. Mr. Hollywood, Mark. wait. Right, okay. The next one, and I, I promise we'll sing for me. Mark and over to. <laughs> um, so, so, so this is my third choice, and uh, so I had a uh, stereophonics and or performance and cocktails or uh, Jeep chose Jeep, uh, you two, would it be Joshua Tree or Acton Baby, Acton Baby. This is another band where you could have said, OK Computer. Uh, but I didn't choose OK Computer. I chose their second studio album released in March 95. Uh, it is from start to finish. And once again, on the team call today at work, uh, this was mentioned, uh, but I'd already written it down. It is, of course, uh, the Benz 
And uh, uh, even from the start, there was sound at the beginning comes from this cacophonous rumpus outside a hotel. Uh, a guy was dragging an eight-year-old kid to, to a parade with all their instruments. And um, they just said, keep it up, keep it up. And they recorded it. And uh, that led into Planet Telex. Uh, my favourite track on the, on the album is High and Dry. And then at, at right at the end, Street Spirit fade, fade Out. It is so dark and, and morbid and uh, I don't know. It's just, it's it's like, um, you know, Yoshimi takes you to another planet. It really does. And uh, it, it almost is as if you're experiencing some kind of Ben's effect when you listen to this album. Tom York has a, a very great knack of... Um, He's he's a, a wordsmith, great wordsmith, and uh, for me, this trumped OK Computer just about, and that's why it's going to number three. I'm going to keep it very brief. Yeah, stunning album. Um, I'd have had the same conundrum. Is it that one or OK Computer? But I can't argue. I have both on my shortlist, actually. Um, I don't know why, but neither of them made it in, <laughs> but they're both... They are both perfect albums. Yeah, you can't yeah. say any more than that. Yeah. Um, either, I think Radiohead, you either like them or hate them. I yeah. don't think they're a bit marmite. I don't think anyone ever says, eh, they're all right. You, know, yeah. you guys so might be wrong, but they're, but they're brilliant albums. Yeah, I, I didn't realise. Um, I, I was working behind the bar at the Students' Union at the time, and I heard Creep from mm. Pablo Honey. So yeah, I didn't even associate Creep with... The, the band that wrote the bands at yeah. all until someone said, oh, that's Radiohead. I was like, you're, you're kidding me. It was such a um, an album that went off at a tangent to Pablo Honey when you when you compare the two. Yeah. Apart uh, from Creep, it's really poppy, isn't it? It's very poppy. Yeah. It's good, yeah. but it's not. It's yeah. not the bands. It's not, it's not the bands at all. Uh, this, this goes much deeper and, 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 and broader as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's like they, they matured overnight. Uh, into this kind of behemoth of of a, of a band, and yeah. it was one of the few CDs that I never skipped a track. I played every single one, every single yeah track on that CD because it, it just it effortlessly flows from start to finish. Yeah, absolutely, can't argue with that at all. Brilliant choice. I'd, I'd be the same as you guys, just trying to choose between the two. Um, not that yeah. you have to. No one's forcing us. Um, yeah, exactly. Both, both yeah, fantastic well, we albums. <laughs> Except, well, we've only got to choose four, or you put them in twice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Alan? Yeah. Weird. Weird for me. Um, um, I've, I think, I've, again, I've bought all their albums. And, um, but I, I can't really name many tracks. Okay. Um, why do you buy the albums then? I just just bought the albums and through the years. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Creep. Um, and then you know, Paranoid and Boy, things like that. Yeah. But I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine myself oh I'm gonna play the new I'm gonna play um you know Radiohead. Um High and Dry. High and Dry is what it is. Great track. Paranoid Android. Is it that? 
Paranoid Android. Paranoid Android, yeah, it's off OK Computer. Yeah, that's, that's that prog rock track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. If Radiohead have got a prog rock track, it's there. Yeah. Karma Police. <laughs> it, uh, you've yeah. got some great but I've got, plastic I've got, trees. I've got Silent Pool. I've got Silent I haven't played it yet, you know. Mm. Mean Shake Pool? That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Mean Shake Pool, yeah. yeah. Who was the band that yeah. uh, did the cover of Just... There was a band subsequent, uh, subsequently took out just from the Ben's album. I don't know. Did a great job. Yeah, it, it was a cover version a few years later. Okay. That's sure. the Ben's album as well. You'd recognise that, Alan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got. I've got all. I think I've got all their albums, but I. Yeah. Um. I, I can't. I just could not. Select. I could not sit down and select something from them and said, "Just, just a weird, just a weird band yeah. for me." There are bands like that, aren't there? I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big. Well, I call myself a big Smiths fan, but I could listen to the Smiths albums and there'd be half the tracks I couldn't name because yeah. they're not. I guess, and it's the same with Radiohead. They don't sing the title of the track very often. Yeah. So it, you can't relate the title to it unless you're looking at the artwork or reading, you know, reading the lyrics. Or, yeah. I think they're one of those sort of bands. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, good thing, the good thing about music is you can always go back. Yeah. yeah. Always, the recording's yeah. always there. You can always go back. and they, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. well, you know, oh. at this moment, I feel like a, you know, a pillock. I don't know much about it. <laughs> You know, but I've got the. But I can. I can regret. Yeah, yeah, I can go. You can recover that. So, right. so can, can I just say, music. speaking of feeling a pillock, the last yeah. podcast we had, and I said this straight after the podcast to David, I mentioned Tony Iommi. Yeah. Uh, in Deep Purple, he was in fact in Black Sabbath. I meant Richie Blackmore. Don't say anything so, that was edited uh, out. Uh, oh, you took it out. Yeah. <laughs> Have I got to take oh, this bit out? Don't edit this out. I bet you painstakingly went to do that. I did. And I'll put, I it, I put it in our you. chat. Oh, God no, bless you. God brilliant. bless you. Richie Blackmore, obviously easily mistaken. This is staying in, though. <laughs> oh, Christ. We're going to have to do, we're going to have to do the outtakes. Yeah. Don't talk to me about Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went on to, to Rainbow, didn't he? After um, yeah. Deep Purple, yeah. yeah. Okay. They, they did. They didn't do an encore at Wembley Arena. Yeah. yeah. When I went oh. to see them, it was Iron Maiden. I think it was Iron Maiden supporting. Right, Alan. Yeah. Come on, this is your number three. You're on the clock. Go on in. Here we go. So. I won't lie to you. This is my favourite album of all time. Right. And it's by Simple Minds. Oh, and it's called yes. New Girl Dream. 19, it's called New Girl Dream. 81, 82, 83, 84. And there's my signed version by all the band at the top. Very good. Wow. I like it, man. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, nice. I won. Yeah, that's my, not my own. Well, I bought it off Facebook, but not Facebook, uh, eBay. eBay. Nice. 
this this album from start to finish is absolutely fantastic there's only five track uh, nine tracks on it but uh, there's three uh, singles off it uh starts off with someone somewhere in summertime then you've got promised you a miracle and then glittering prize but the the, the jewel in the crown here is the title track new gold dream new gold dream bracket 81 82 83 84 close bracket i sound like somebody off doing the um I don't know, what's it called? The um Double Poles? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but, but it's a it's a fantastic, fantastic album, start to finish. It's simple minds at their best. Um, um I've seen this band, I don't know, 30 times. And um, I always look forward to when they play the tracks off this particular album. And apart from the singles, then you've got a great number two track called Colour Colours Flying Catherine Wheel. Double Yeah. And um, and then um, there's there's a great uh, instrumental on this call, um, which I'll probably have played at my funeral called somebody up there likes me and it's a fantastic likes you and i know that that is a nod to a david bowie track um i think it's of station station or something yeah one of the trilogies um and of course um simple minds were very much into you know david bowie and also peter gabriel uh, and Genesis, they were they were the bands that were very much inspired the young Jim Kerr. Um, but um, the whole album is uh, is great from start to finish. And uh, you've got um, on on a track called um, on side two called um, Hunter and the Hunted. Um, you've got Herbie Hancock playing the um, the great harmonica uh, solo on that although they they never met they were never in the same studio uh, and um, one of simple minds um, probably hidden tracks on side one called uh, uh, big sleep is a is a great 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 track the whole album the cover I love it's my favorite album in the world um, this is up in my front room for me to look at every day and um, the whole just the whole thing about it uh, makes it my number one album ever mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. and also it's a great great um, album to listen to from start to finish so if you want to get into a uh, a band which is um, probably come from the start of maybe the new wave and they're, they're maybe heading into a different direction um, some great some great some great sounds on this from not only from uh, the vocalist Jim Kerr but from Charlie Birchall the guitarist uh, Derek 
Forbes, the bass player on this, um, um, again, who, who left the band um, not, not long after this. And uh, superb, superb. Brilliant. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to give that a listen to, definitely. Yeah, I, I came across this album ever. I came across this album three years ago, only three years ago, when I was in New York. Uh, I went into a cafe, but the cafe had a bunch of records on the side for you just to have a week in a peruse, and I had VGG Excellent on them. And I bought this one for three ninety nine, and uh, there's a tenuous link to our very first podcast together, because on the same day I bought uh, on vinyl "Songs of the Key of Life" by Stevie Wonder, which was my first choice uh, in our first ever podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. "You Go Dream" is is fantastic. I took it home, gave it a listen. It's a bit scratchy, but for three ninety nine, loved it. Um, it's 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 such a well put together album wasn't a massive fan when I, in my youth of simple minds but this this is a standout really good choice alan fantastic yeah i was i was a fan as well i got into them pretty much around the same time i got into u2 so we're talking 82 83 for me something like that it's just a you're right alan it's a brilliant album every single track i've just dug my copy out and i've just realized how hard it is though to see the track listing on the back. <laughs> and that's just my copy. It's in gold. I can, I can it is gold, yeah. 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 Oh, show me your back. Yeah. Sure, the same as that? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, yours is much clearer. Not on the purple bit, there, there. On the other side. So yours is much clearer. Oh, on the front. No, on the back, but this oh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> Those watching in black and white, this yeah, is really that. interesting. So you, can you read Alex? You can't read mine. Hold on. Yeah, but I think you've got your cover on, Dad. I, I have, but I don't I, think it's much better. I think I listeners can go and make a cup of tea now whilst these two just yeah. compare yeah. albums. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just comparing track listings. Yeah, I know. No, that, uh, I know I've got some, uh, maybe it's the repress I've got, but that's really weird. Yeah, but the, uh, the final track, uh, King is White and in the Crowd, it's. Um, I think it's about it's about the assassination of President Sadat. Mm. Um, so, uh, great great album, man. And if you were in Yugoslavia at the time, you you couldn't have that cover, unfortunately. A different oh, right. cover. Anyway, I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. let's move on. Um, and on to Daz Lee. It's a Daz. It's me, yeah, it is. Daz. Um, all right, I'm not ready. I've still got Simple Minds on my, in my mind. Right, okay. So oh, this, is, um, this is going to be a quick one. So this is an artist, uh, well, the album was released in 1983. It was, like I said earlier, it's, I haven't gone for any kind of first studio albums. This was the ninth studio album by this artist. Um, I know Mark in particular is going to love this one. I've chosen this one. I think everybody probably will. Uh, the artist was paying homage to artists that he loved and I guess inspired him from his teenage years. Uh, there's a lot of kind of soul and doo-wop in there and there's things in the style of Little Richard and Fats Domino um, and it's an album I bought um, in fact I'll show you now my original copy. It's got the 4.99 left bank sticker on it which was in Exeter Ooh. and I've gone for An Innocent Man by Billy Joel. Brilliant. Um, and that is my copy I bought back in the day, so it's about 100 years old now. 
Um, I just think for me, it's a, I bought it in 1983. It wore out so many of my needles. Um, literally, I must have replaced my needle three times listening to this album, but it still plays all right. Um, there's songs on there like uh, the acapella for the longest time, um, Uptown Girl, and it is, I mean, it's a better Uptown Girl than the Westlife version. Um, Christy Lee, uh, inspired by obviously his wife to be, Christy Brinkley. Yeah. Uh, and that song in particular, that's in the style of Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, all that sort of thing. And I just think there's not a bad track on it. You've got Easy Money, opens with Easy Money. It's just such a chilled, cool tune. An Innocent Man itself, I think, is a beautiful track. Uh, the Longest Time, This Night, Tell Her About It. Tell Her About It, I think, at the time in the 80s was my favourite song on the album. Careless Talk, Keeping the Faith, Leave a Tender Moment Alone. They're all, every single track on that album for me is it's brilliant absolutely brilliant so i'm gonna leave you there guys what do you think um well uh, i'll leave it for the billy joel affectionado to, uh... <laughs> uh, i i have to say you've made my day you've made my day my night my week uh, i i love this album i love it it was one of the first albums i i, I purchased mm-hmm. billy joel wrote this i believe in seven weeks he wrote the entire album in seven weeks what and <laughs> Front to back, I didn't want to be predictable, but um, I, I didn't want to choose Billy Joel, Queen, Led Zeppelin, or anything like that. But I'm no. so so glad. And the track, um, this night, yeah, he's got he he um he, he wrote all the tracks, but he took the music from that, that made this night from uh, Beethoven's yeah uh, pathetic sonata. So if you listen to to that, he basically puts the words to the music. And for him to do that is 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 a great talent in itself. Um, Leave a tender moment alone on the side on, on the B side reminds me of my dear um, mum. Uh, past past six years now, and uh, I remember her listening to it and her loving that song, and just instantly, I, I gravitated towards that song on the album. It's just the best song for me is the title track. An, an innocent man. Uh, yeah, it's, I think I've got to agree. Yeah. Wow, it's, oh, it's, it's yes, one of. Uh, like, uh, it's like I, I say, Summer Highland Falls was his, his best, you know, yes. Yeah. But yeah. An Innocent Man would definitely be in the, I'd say, in the top five of, of the, the best songs he's ever written. And that's saying something. It really is. Yeah. Great choice. I'm getting goosebumps talking about the songs now. It's just, it's one of those albums. That, yeah. 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 Great choice, really, time. really good choice. Cheers. Time. What Mark said, superb album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like right. you, you look at it on Wiki, and you and you look at the who's Easy Money's a, a homage to James Brown, Wilson Pickett, and then yeah. the list goes on. Frankie Valley, Sam Cooke, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. Smokey Robinson. Oh, it was it, yeah. it was it was deliberate. It was just every single song was just it just like this concept album of, of the Nylon Curtain. In yeah. uh, 80, 81, 81, no, 82, it was uh, you know heavily laden with the Beatles. Um, yeah. I track off that, Laura, but I'm, I'm digressing slightly. <laughs> Love it. I'm so glad you chose very, that, mate. Yeah, very clever man. And I didn't yeah. realise in the 80s that that's what he'd done. I assumed it was a Billy Joel album. Yeah. That, you know, so, so it's infuriating that people only remember him for two songs yeah and they're off this album 
tell her about <laughs> yeah. it an uptown girl <laughs> yeah like no there's so much more to them than this yeah 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 so, so the only thing i was going to come in so look it's a great album i think that that's very clear um that when this came out it was around the just around the time that i met the now duke of york and he and my mate mike were talking about going to see him and uh, i found out subsequently they did indeed meet meet up with uh, uh with billy and christina brinkley was there as well was it i was caught christy, they were playing, yeah. uh, christy brinkley yeah christy yeah. brinkley and they were he was playing at was it Earl's Court? I'm trying to remember. Um, and that little cavalcade that went from his home in the centre of London uh, across Hyde Park, you know, it's all in such a different world. But I've had to redact that all from my past, so that never happened on there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he'd he, he pay you a few bob as well just to forget about that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's, right. he's never met you. He never met you. He gives money to people who never met him. I know, I know. It's, it's a, another charitable it's donation. Enough. Isn't yeah. it? Funny that. <laughs> okay, let's crack on then. So I am gonna talk about a band who actually only released two albums. Um, well, two studio albums and a live one. Um, in the first lineup, they had John Wetton, John Holdsworth. Uh, they had Eddie Jobson and they had Bill Bruford on drums. They were a super band of prog musicians, sticking with that same theme. Um, come the second album, um, there'd been a couple of changes and, and, and I saw them on tour, both of the albums I did. In the second one, in fact, there's three of them, there's no guitarist, but it didn't matter because you had Eddie Jobson, who apart from being a keyboard player, he's also a violin player. Now, you know, these guys' credentials are Incredible, like Eddie Jobson, he's played with Jethro Tull, Frank Zappa, Curved Air, uh, Roxy Music, done a lot of stuff on his own. Uh, John Wetton, the bassist, and he does the singing duties as well. King Crimson, Uriah Heep, Asia Family, Roxy again, and Wishbone Ash. Um, one, one, probably my favourite bassist, I'd have to say. And uh, Bill Bruford had other projects, so Terry Bozio came in. So he's worked with the likes of Jeff Beck, The Knack, Phantomas, Korn, Zappa. So, you know, they've all got great credentials. Um, and I remember when I first heard this album, I put it on six tracks. So very economical, all of my albums. Not too many tracks, but it's because they're long and, and uh, weighty. And I remember at the time thinking every track was just stunning. So it's a band with a really rubbish cover called UK. Um, Second, and it's called UK. Just announced. Oh, sorry. This this album's called Danger Money. It's a it's a great album for what it does. The fact that they can produce so much noise. And I remember seeing them thinking, how can three people generate so much noise? But it's also very. Um, that the, there's so much going on at the same time uh, with with these three and Terry Bozio, the drummer. You know, I'd seen Bill Bruford play, who's an outstanding drummer. Terry Bozio is another of these octopus type creatures who seem to have four limbs doing different things at different times, like all of the great drummers. Um, an amazing band, an amazing album, and Danger Money goes in as my selection. Good. Hey. Very good. Going to have to give that one a listen. 
And yeah. the band's called UK. They're called UK. They're called UK. Sometimes difficult to find them. I could I could equally have put in the first album UK UK in there. Um, but it's all good stuff and all worth listening to. Um, but I think for that one, it's the uh, six six purely fantastic tracks that did it for me. I was going to say I don't know it, but Alan's doing a runner, so he definitely doesn't know it. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's got to top up his um his Thatcher's <laughs> orange yeah. cider. But this is this is the sort of thing I love about when we get together and do this because I don't know that at all. Like UK subs, I know the UK uh, subs. Ah, yeah. You know what? You know what? Something interesting. Yeah. Nothing alike. There's nothing at all. I <laughs> know. I can imagine that. No. But that's that's what I love because that's something I need to listen yeah. to. I need to hear. And educate myself. I think we always learn music, can't we? Yeah. yeah. If you could pick a track off of that album, what would it be? Six oh two, I think. Uh, I, I think I've, one time I wanted to do a playlist of songs which were just had numbers in them. So six oh two, and it's about the the six oh two train from Waterloo. Um, <laughs> I, I thought you meant track six oh two. I just thought it was a no. really long problem <laughs> album. Yeah. Well, that that wouldn't be. Beyond the realms of possibility, that's true. <laughs> no, it wouldn't, would it? No, it wouldn't. So that and Caesar Palace Blues, um, but again, six perfect albums. So in theory, I could pick all of them. Oh, hello. Excuse me, in demand tonight. That's UK ringing us to say, can we not talk about them, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice one. I, I, honestly, I, I've never heard of that band. And um... you've heard of the musicians, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I think there was a record label called UK, but I think the 10 CC were on that. Any link? I couldn't, can't, I can't picture that. Like a blue label. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, but um, yeah. Not to worry. We'll put something onto the uh, onto the Spotify playlist so people get to listen to it. And then Mark, yeah. last lap. Last one. Uh, this I, I've kept the best to last, to be honest with you. And um, when we came up with the idea of saying, right, what's the perfect album? This instantly jumped at me. Uh, I remember listening to it for the first time uh, on tape in my Peugeot 106, my first ever car, um, coming back from, it's called the Black Isle up in the north of Scotland, over the uh, Keswick Bridge down to Inverness. And I stuck this on. Uh, I, I must have bought it in Inverness at the time or whatever. Anyway, I was coming down, I stuck it on. Um, it's a female artist. She was probably better known with the band 10,000 Maniacs. Uh, her name is, of course, Natalie Merchant. The album is Ophelia. It's just... Uh, this, is the, <laughs> this is the album I fell asleep to last night. And it's not a bad thing, because it is just wondrous. Um, she said that she loved the opportunity to flex her thespian muscle when she was um, writing this and singing it. It, it. it is for me; it's flawless. It took about ten months to to write. Um, it only charted at fifty-two in the UK album chart. It was much more successful in the US on the Billboard charts. And as I said, from start to finish, it's just uh, for me. It's a it's a mini masterpiece. Uh, if I was to pick a track on it, it would be number five, "My Skin." I sent it to a friend la last night when I was listening to it. Mm. She'd never heard of it, and said, 
I have got to listen to this album. I just sent her that one song. And I said, if you like this song, you'll love the album. And uh, sent it on to her on, on my, you know, on the WhatsApp. And she just said, wow. And yeah. her musical taste is very eclectic. Um, but um, what more can I say? You, if you haven't heard it, go out and buy it. It's it's folky, it's poppy, it's rocky. It's not pop ABC. It's it's just um, it's lovely to have on in the background. Right. But at the same time, there is an intensity to it as well. So that goes in as my number four and easily my first choice when we came up with the the, the idea, the concept of this uh, particular podcast. Nice. Do you know, I've got. I have a Ten Thousand Maniacs album, mm-hmm. uh, My Man's Zoo. I think it looks like it mm-hmm. was their uh, fourth album, something like that. I've just looked up this one, Ophelia, and it's never been released on vinyl, and it's not had a release since nineteen ninety nine. No, I've got it on the CD. It sounds criminal. It sounds like it's CD. And I had it on tape. As, yeah, I had it on tape as well. But um, CD has lasted. It's in the loft somewhere. But yeah. um, I listened to it last night on on Apple Tunes. So you can hear it on, on the iTunes or whatever, whatever you, your format yeah. is. There's people on Discord saying, "Please release this on vinyl. It needs a yeah. release." But, it's a, it's but, a no-brainer. It's a, um, yeah, it's a, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. I love it. Yeah, I need. I love it. Listen, I mean, her voice on the Ten Thousand Maniacs album is lovely. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you just float away with her voice. Yeah. But she, she's like. Um, like Alison Christ does a similar thing to me, but uh, it's, she's got a different a different voice. I think it's a, a different I don't know octave or yeah tone set. I'm I'm excited to listen to it. I just have to say that, Mark. Really looking forward to it already. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it sounds brilliant. Yeah, I, no, I don't know. I've heard of the Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yeah, uh, and I've heard of Natalie Merchant, but I wouldn't have put the two together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, the way you've described it, I need to have a listen. Brilliant, and that's what this is all about, isn't it? Sharing, sharing music that we enjoy, and and hopefully other people get to enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Brilliant. Okay, yep. Mark, great one there. Uh, Alan, on to you. On to me uh, quickly. I think. Any listeners to this podcast will probably know this album quite well. These guys are going to be releasing their latest album next week. They're not the most um, prolific of uh, uh, recording artists. I think this their their new album next week is probably only about um, maybe the sixth, seventh, or eighth album. But their second album, which came out in 1985, was um, uh, great. And um, they were they're originally from Bath, quite near Bristol, in a band called uh, The Graduate. Their first album was called The Hurting, which spawned quite a uh, number of three, like three or four singles. The only a couple actually, but they're certainly their second album, um, Songs from the Big Chair, was a phenomenal album, and uh, um, it's from start to finish, it is a fantastic album. 
So Tears for Fears was my final, my final uh, choice. Um, begins with the um, track called Shout. I think the first single from it was the fourth track on the album called Mother's Talk. Yeah. And um, and of course the um, track that everybody knows, the Tears for Fears. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, we all start swaying now. <laughs> yeah, which was also uh, also re-released as everyone everybody wants to run the world. Yep. Uh, Nineteen eighty-six. Comic, uh, comic relief or sport relief, whatever it was at the time. And, I did um, that run. I did that run through Exeter. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. Did you do it's it, Alan? Or not? Oh, sorry. Is, is Shout on the album, Shout? Yes, it's the first track. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And, um, but as you say, from, you know, the, I mean, there's, um, there's apart from you know, the first uh, side has got the uh, Shout, Everybody Wants to Rule work, work, work the World and uh, Mother's Talk. But also then on the second side is I Believe, which is a single, and also Broken. Um, which was a single, um, a, a, a live track, which is uh, never been uh, on a studio album before. Track called uh, uh, "Broken," which is, and then goes in goes into um, uh, a track called "Head Over Head Over Heels." So yeah, the whole album, though it's only like it's only eight tracks, but it's every track is great and. If you if you haven't ever heard of Tears for Fears, well, I think you should start. Now's with your chance. Yeah. And, um, and um, it's great, 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 great track and um, album. Sorry. And um, couldn't agree more. Yeah. And uh, and um, so I'm so pleased that next week they're bringing out a, a new album called The Tipping Point on green vinyl. On all yeah, kinds of vinyl. Yeah, the twenty fifth of February, I believe. I've got it ordered. They're a great band. There's no, there's no uh, kidding that this album were, took a great deal of production, and yeah. it's re and it's it's really really represented fantastically in the in the production, but. Um, but there's also there was also another uh, version of this which came out in 2014, which um, oh, right. was done by our, our friend um, Stephen Wilson. Yeah. Because uh, apparently they said that the original album um, wasn't uh, done correctly, but you know, to me it was. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So th they're a great band and um, wonderful for me. So. This, this, the album to listen to from the start, from start to finish, Tears for Fears, songs from the big chair. Yeah, stunning album. I mean, like you said, they're not that pro not prolific as in the amount of records they release, but everything they've released has been stunning, hasn't it? I remember again. I think the album that introduced me to them was um, the Seeds of Love. You know, and a big song that was played at the time was The Seeds of Love, but that album, 
like forget the title track that album is amazing that woman in chains and oh yeah like that. you know they're beautiful and then you go and check out then what they've done before what they've done after yeah I really hope the tipping point lives up to my expectations. Yeah, I, I really, I'm, I'm expecting a brilliant album, and I really hope it is. Yeah. I had, although I followed them, um, you know, right from the beginning, buying all their like the singles off the hurting the first album and mm. Pell Shelter and and that and um, and all the the ten inch singles that that came off this album. Um, with the different remixes and, and all that, yeah, but yeah, they're they're a great band. They're, I think they're. I didn't I didn't think they would be a great live band, but they were when I saw them at um, Blenheim Palace about uh, about three years ago, three or four years ago, supported by um, um, White White Lies and Squitty Politi. Right. Another mm. one of my favourite bands, but yeah. but Tears for Fears they did not disappoint, and uh, yeah, if you, if you get a chance, I think they're touring a lot this year. If you get yeah. a chance to see them or uh, or listen to their music, then please start with uh, Tears for Fears, songs from the big chair. Yeah, great choice, great choice. That's yeah. your, sec your second good one tonight, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a big outdoor gig down here at um, Powderham Castle, I think it is. Coming oh, up I have. I've seen, I've been there. I saw, um, when I was there last, my daughter, Charlotte, was on a cow and right. being held up by Noel Edmonds. <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. I think you owned that place at the time. You came in by helicopter. Oh, here, don't mention that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you want to come down for that gig, Alan, let us know. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Alan, did you do the uh, did you do the run in nineteen eighty six? Run the world. I bought I bought it instead. Oh, okay. So I didn't see you that day then. No, <laughs> that was my um, that was my tribute. Um, I bought it. It's in this in the pink cover, the twelve-inch pink right. cover. Everybody wants to run the world. That's good. I just need to do a bit of editing because people will be listening to this and be a bit confused because this is going to come out after the twenty-fifth. Well, the twenty-fifth of February. Oh, oh, I've just said it again. <laughs> That's two, oh, right. two bits okay. of editing you're going to have well, to do. Those, these yeah, these outtakes those... are going to be fantastic. You know that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually we can just pretend they let's just pretend they're listening to it late let's we'll just get on keep with it. it all in just keep it all in and show what an absolute buggery of, a, of an effort i've made tonight oh. you're well, you're you're editing i can't believe week, richie blackmore tony iomi is just i can't believe you should have said you should have texted me to say i, I did job done. i did man oh did you oh did you i'm so sorry i'm so sorry David. <laughs> <laughs> that's the tipping point that's uh, very good very yeah. good okay cue darren okay so uh this one needs very little introduction very little babble from me um we've, we've talked about this album before um i own about six or seven different versions of it 
Um, apart from being a perfect album, it's got to be in my... I don't like doing a top five, top ten of my albums, but it, probably in my top five if I had, if I was forced. Um, I'll show you a version I've never shown you before. This is one of over about 25 million copies that they've sold. And this is my picture disc. Of oh, Kit, right? yes. Ooh, yes. Um, there's no way I could do a perfect album and not have Kit. Um, it was NXS's sixth studio album. Uh, for those that don't know them, an Australian rock band, but I'm sure you all do. In fact, half of me looks like Michael Hutchins now. I've just realised. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think with Kick, they, they tried to fuse uh, one of their early albums, The Swing, with sort of funk and soul of The Swing, sort of mainstream rock of Listen Like Thieves. They ended up with Kick. Uh, it's a perfect album. Guns in the Sky. It's a new sensation. Devil Inside, Need You Tonight, Mediate, The Loved One. That's just side one. There's there's not a bad track on it. There's not even a slightly dodgy track on it. Um, and I think people know every track, regardless of whether it was a single or whether it wasn't. Um, again, if somebody's never heard this album, cool, you've got a treat coming. So In Excess and Kick is my last choice. Yeah, I yeah, I'm well, well into that. Uh, I remember first hearing it. Like, was it '87? '87. '87. It was. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I was a lucky guess. Um, a guy called Jared Morgan, who is actually a teacher in the same school as Rory McMahon, who gave me a tongue baby. Ah, uh, there you go. Fred. Fred. Uh, Fred's his nickname. He teaches English. He uh, was a massive NXS fan. Uh, and he didn't actually lend me his tape, but I went out and had a, a, I bought it and I listened to it and I thought, absolutely fantastic. It was, as they say in Scotland, it was the talk of the steamy back okay. then. It was the album to listen to back then, and a uh, great choice. I, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, he's been mentioned earlier, Neil Donald, a.k.a. Jarvis Cocker, who's listening in, I hope. Yeah. He chose this as his best oh, really? and we'll, towards the end we'll, we'll we'll give a list of all the others but oh. yeah he had an excess kick in there well i'll tell you what he's a man with fine taste <laughs> is indeed absolutely i'm not really a fan of this album <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> probably more than i've got yeah yeah Brilliant. every version of it yeah, yeah. I've got a yeah, red, I, I've a red one. I've got a yeah, green one. Yeah, I've got that one. Yeah. a bit of shite on. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I've got seven or eight. I don't have any you've got, Alan, but we don't need to compare. No, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to never, we're never not going to do another simple lines here. <laughs> Great album. Yeah, it is, and it's something I, I I'll put it on. Well, certainly every year since it's since it was released, probably three, four, five times a year. Yeah, it's one of my go-to albums. Yeah, good choice, Dad. Thank good you very choice. much. Cheers. Okay, here we go then. Last one for our of our perfect albums. So it really does feel like we can do this again in a year's time. Um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> we have plenty more. Plenty more. Have plenty, plenty more. So yeah. I'm going with someone who I have mentioned several times in the past. Uh, I think coming into into the 21st century and in, into um, sort of the first decade, there's quite a lot of music I did enjoy and did hear 
Um, and there were several that did grab me and they were really uh, a number of bands, but one that stood out at the time was Porcupine Tree. And then into the last decade, there was a question of what else is going to come along that I really like. And in fact, two albums came along from Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree. Um, when I heard the first one, and that's the one I'm going to choose now, The Raven That Refused to Sing uh, and Other Stories, I was just completely bowled over and I played it to death. Uh, six tracks, six songs, which I'll talk about in a moment. And I thought, that's it. That is the album of the decade. And then a few oh. la few years later, he, re he released um, Hand Cannot Erase. And I couldn't believe it. He'd done it again. He managed to produce another fantastic album that was perfect in that all of the songs were, were really great. But I'm going to go with stay loyal with uh the the raven that refused to sing and what i like about this one is kind of there's there's a number of little associations here with alan parsons so as it happens the album the six songs the uh, each track is based on a supernatural story and who does he get to produce it and i think i might have said in a, a previous show that he often changes producers to get a different sound he only gets Alan Parsons, who, who people know really from doing the um, uh, working on the dark side of the moon. But of course, Alan Parsons had his own supernatural album, um, The Tales and Imaginations of Edgar Allan Poe. So all is very dark stuff. It's, it's a great album. There are six songs on here. Um, his own, I mean, he plays, he, I mean, he, the guy's gifted in many ways so he does vocals plays the mellotron keyboards and guitars he actually actually brings in this guy um guthrie govern to the guitar who does the lead on a couple of these these uh tracks which are just outstanding um, um we've also got in here um adam holtzman who's uh, another keyboardist who's well known in in the trade um but it's it's chock full of fantastic songs I realised when when I listened to it today that there is a, there is a lot of melancholy about it, but it's the way he can strike those tones um, in the songs and just drag you along. Um, the the artwork on there was was also the, the person who provided the artwork, uh, uh, Heijo Muller, also helped with the um, the DVD and the cartoons that went with it, which really captures and evokes that supernatural feel around what it's uh, about the album um it's actually great love it uh, if anyone doesn't know stephen wilson um and they should try it and when we start talking about prog find that there are different ways into it you don't need to go through the 70s sound you can do it through something a lot more modern and has a, a lot more dynamic sound and more relevant to what we would consider music today so stephen wilson the the raven that refused to sing and other stories. Love it. Do, do you know what's wonderful about your your prog rock albums? It's the name of them. Hmm. It's it's, yeah. the, it's the, the the names and the covers as well. They're just. Mm -hmm. it, it's almost like this is a it's a storybook. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Yeah, and this is why we 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 kicked off with this this podcast. It's not just about the music. It's about the, the tangible, uh, you know, look of a, a, a record. Yeah. Opening it up, the sleeve, 
and I can see where you're coming from with the prog rock stuff. That that cover, for the benefit of those watching in black and white, it's just amazing. It is amazing. It's, I love there's, it. There's lots, there's lots yeah, of bits yeah. that go into it. Um, yeah. And you'll find quite a few of the art, these artists, they do try and, and package. I mean, I've, I've got an album by a guy um, who plays in a couple of different bands, Clive Nolan. Came out last year, double album. He did it, released it himself, red vinyl. It's got a booklet. It's it's a gatefold album. It's got an, uh, just people invest. I, I think the people who are into that world, they know that's part of what the audience wants to 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 receive. Yeah. And I think for them, it also justifies it both from what they would have appreciated when they were younger, listening to to prog albums and what they think uh, consumers, people who are buying them, they want to get the whole. It's not just about an MP3. It's about getting yeah. something which you can hold, you can look at, you can read. There's inserts, there might be a booklet, um, and it's all all of the rest yeah. that goes with it. So it's a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but when I get an album turn up these days, and it's just a single... Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a single record in a single sleeve. I'm almost a little bit disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I like yeah. the gatefold and I like the booklet and I like the artwork. Yeah. 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 It adds a lot more to the package. Yeah. One of, one of the the best. Music, primarily, it's about the music. Yeah. But I think these days, I think it's not, yeah, it is primarily, but secondarily, I think you yeah. really need. I, I, didn't, I didn't appreciate a gatefold until I. Um, came across in my brother's pal's attic. He's actually, do you remember the goalkeeper Packy Bonner played for um, mm -hmm. the Republic yeah. of Ireland? Yeah. So pa Packy Bonner's um, nephew, Austin, lived in Newry, and it was in his loft I found Queen News of the World, and it was the, the American import. It wasn't on the EMI label. It was on the Electra label. But the first time I actually appreciated a gatefold on a mm -hmm. record was News of the World when I opened it out, and it's got you know, the the the, 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 the look of uh, war. The, yeah, yeah. Um, oh God, his name escapes me. They've given a name to the the robot. Oh, the robot. Yeah. Um. I, I, but you open the gatefold and it shows a whole picture on it. It's like a scene from yeah. War of the Worlds. It's amazing. The UK version was was like that. UK. So uh, the the only difference between I believe the UK release and the American Electra release was that the, the the record itself was slightly heavier, so it, it, I think it was slightly heavier than the 180 that we, we have these days, and you can feel it. I, I can feel a difference in that compared to what you buy now, whether right. it's the material or whatever that they made of it. Okay, great, um, and it was completely intact, completely intact, sitting in somebody's loft. Not worth it, Anne. It's not like Hey Jude in, in pristine condition, but great to look at. Um, no, yeah. No. And back to Stephen Wilson, I think, yeah. uh, you know, in years to come, we'll, you know, he'll be revered as a, a, a fantastic talent. And, um, and, and the porcupine, porcupine tree, his band he was in, especially. Yeah. Um, I haven't got that last album, but I have got a number of um, Stephen uh, Wilson albums. And also, he'll be revered um, 
as a great producer, a great and also reproducer of sounds, because as I just mentioned, um, you know, the Tears for Fears um, album, Songs from the Big Chair, uh, that was uh, uh, re-recorded re, re by um, Stephen Wilson, he, and he's gone on to do the same with um, bands like uh, Roxy Music and um, Jethro Tull, to name a few. So yeah, Stephen Wilson, he's a, he's a, he's a superb talent and one to be monitored. Monitored, nice yeah. one. Nice one. Guys, that's it. We've done it. And we've yeah. just come in on the two hour mark. Oh, can, can I what? just have a call out? Can I just have a call out? Uh, I need to. I need to do a shout out, yeah. I hope she doesn't mind me, me doing this, but it's my Aunt Irene. And if we released this on February the 25th, it would have been my Uncle Martin's birthday on February the 24th. Uh, may you rest in peace. Um, so I asked her uh, for, for um, the perfect album. And she said one choice would be Bridge Over Troubled Water, Simon Garfunkel. It was the first album that Martin and I bought together. Words in the title song is what Martin and I would pledge to each other. That's all I'm saying. Everything else is quite personal. Um, she had Leonard Cohen in there as well, uh, the Beatles, the Kinks. And as a nurse, she trained uh, She trained with, uh, asked her to listen to it. It blew her mind away. So, so many, so many albums we could have chosen tonight. The other one, very, very quickly. I'm surprised that Mr. Jones didn't choose this. It's by none other than Steely Dan, Aja. Or yeah. Aja, right? Yeah. So um, uh, the man himself, so he said, Black Cow, if that's a song, right? Uh, if, only, if only I could process the pain of being treated like shit by a lover with such an upbeat song, an anthem of resigned indifference. Aja, the title track, perhaps not the strongest unless you like like a bit of Oriental. Deacon Blues, superb tune, anthem of the alcoholic. Right for cancelling uh, pick, probably one of the best tunes ever written. 12-bar blues in a major key, has its roots in the 1930s as a style. Five-part harmony by Michael McDonald is unparalleled. The way the backing vocals are a contraction of the lead lyric, the unbelievably upbeat nature of the song, the amount of superb jazz musicians who had to try it out. Uh, the lead break and finally the song is ever with SD is yet another, Steely Dan, is yet another example of an incredibly upbeat song about a sinister subject. Uh, brilliant. Stephen was in the police. Guess what his dream job was to be? It was to be uh, a music journalist. So um, it, it, it does it does say a wee bit more on that, but it's uh, there you go. I had to give them a call out because they did put so much. Uh, my aunt and, and Stephen put a bit of effort into the responses to me last night. So <laughs> thank you. Dan, for that. Uh, yeah, I've missed it there, but um, I'm sure I've given a shout out before. So I wanted to give a few other al great albums I mentioned. Yeah, I mean that crowded house, what face. Yeah. That that missed that missed it. Uh, Joe Jackson, just... Nine Days out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've, we've got uh, Bill Bill Morrison had Stranglers, Radus, Norwegicus. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Bill. 
I didn't put mm. the Queen is Dead on my list. The Queen is Dead. I oh, yeah. Yeah, it should have been in there. But, uh, Born in the USA. Oh, yeah. Hey, what, what is what? what? An album. What had to be? One Step Beyond by Alan Stenhouse. So our, uh, next, our next show should be like Killer Not Filler, yeah? Again? <laughs> we could do four in a row, I think. Yeah. Uh, 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 one for uh, one for David there, Air Marine Safari. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Pet Sounds? Does Pet Sounds not get in there as well? Yeah, I, I, I tried desperately to love them all. <laughs> yeah, you can only put four in. Yeah, we can. Uh, big big Gareth, I call him. Big G, who's about six foot three. Gareth Fernie, he came up with Air Moon Safari, REM, Automatic for the People, uh, David Gray, White Ladder. And then my mate Alistair Callock came up with Black Lace Party Party. Oh, <laughs> is that what I can do? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Suffice it to say, I told him to get you for your bassa, as Billy Connolly would say. <laughs> and then Gareth got a bit schmoozy and he said, What about a bit of Lionel Richie can't slow down? <laughs> so I give him a yellow card for that one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gareth Gates for a minute. <laughs> oh, Gareth Gates. Uh, Bob Seeger, Stranger in Town. Yeah, yeah, a couple came up like they came up a couple of times on my Twitter feed. Yep. I was from Jack. Jack Boyd. Uh and then Des, my guitarist name, I made Des, good friend Des. Joshua Des. Tree. Prime Primal Scream Screamadelica. Oh, what an album. Yeah. I, I should have put Joshua Tree in. I don't know why I didn't put yeah. Joshua Tree in. And then Left Field. Leftism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th th these are the kind of club sounds from Des. Yeah, he, he, he came out with um, Underworld, oh. uh, dub and bass with my head, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, Gareth, still on the, the smoochy theme, uh, he came out with Dido, No Angel. Obviously, the missus was there with him as well. <laughs> Yeah, the only one was on my radar was uh, Kate Bush, Hounds of Love. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No Stranglers for uh, you there now. Some Stranglers, yeah, of course. Yeah, must have been there somewhere, yeah. Yeah. But, I, but... You know when you think the perfect album, and I, I have to say, as I said, Nat Natalie Merchant, straight into my head when we thought about this. And then as, as the albums come in from your friends, you're like, oh, actually, do you know something? There's not a bad song on that. Yeah. At all. That's all well, that matters. To be honest, there's not, there's not a bad song on any album. There's not a bad song on any album, as long as you like it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, very oh, Wise words, Confucius. Yeah, oh. very true. Let's close on that then, guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Thank you. Really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Catch up with you Cheers. soon. Cheers, lads. Bye, all. Bye. Cheers.